0: The Big Rick Podcast, the best of the biggest interviews from Big Rick in the morning on iHeartRadio, Apple or Google Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are heard. See more info now at onairwithrick.com
1: okay it's the big rig podcast and you know normally on the podcast Uh, i'm doing serious interviews you know talking to politicians and musicians and being all serious all the time well uh (laughs) this one's going to be a little more laid back because i'm going to be talking to one of the most laid back fellas that i know i've known him for over i i want to say over 15 years now tom tom fisher that's right from bourbonblog.com how you doing bud
0: I'm doing great, Rick. It's great to be on your show. I, I, I listen often, and uh, thanks, thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate that. I love what you're doing on your uh, Facebook page and your Instagram. You're, you're doing what now? It's it's like a it's like a virtual bourbon tasting slash a seminar, right?
0: That's right. Typically, I would be on the road. Uh, you know, as, as many people would be during uh, the whole COVID crisis here. Uh, pouring whiskey, teaching whiskey classes, uh, visiting distilleries to do stories on bourbon blog, uh, but obviously that that limited to us in in some capacity. However, uh, through social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, I decided when this whole quarantine started that I would interview someone new every night about whiskey, bourbon, cocktail spirits, and because we're all enjoying a little uh, dose of some good spirits at home, uh, bring bring that story of people like Chris Morris from Woodford Reserve and uh, yeah. some of our friends from, from other distilleries. We just talked to him today about Derby, actually. I'm mentioning him. And just you have a good time with him. So um, you, you
1: mentioned the Derby. Uh, that's when I last saw you was at last year's that's Kentucky right. Derby. And, you know, the Derby has that, you know, that that new feel of the year. It's springtime, not quite summer yet. It can be hot at times. It can be humid at times. But it's, you know, not summer yet. Uh, Describe to me or can can you even imagine a Kentucky Derby in October? Like this is going to be so surreal when you and I are both out there this year.
0: It really only happened one other time in history where they had to reschedule it. Really? Uh, I think it was at the end of the at the end of uh, World, World War Two um, when when uh, the soldiers were coming home. I think they rescheduled it then. I don't know that exact year. <laughs> they they were telling me earlier today, but uh, yes, it's only happened one other time in history. Of course, we always look forward to. Uh, to that first Saturday in May, being able to celebrate uh, something that's truly, you know, an icon of America, the celebration of people from all across the country gathering together to celebrate the best two minutes in horse racing, and that really, they say the best two minutes in sports, but, and you know, it's not just about the horses, it's, it's about the fashion, it's about the celebration, it's about the parties, a lot of those parties raising money for great charities. Kentucky culture, cuisine, and, of course, good Kentucky bourbon and a lot of great tastings that week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be really different. And, if you know, I saw you on the red carpet there last year. So many great celebrities and uh, notables come from all around the world, and um, we always have a good time. Who, who were you? You were interviewing someone that right next to me or close by to me on the red carpet last year. Who all did you interview?
1: Let's see. We got, uh, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Tanya Tucker, which was yep, a surprise next, to me.
0: It was really cool to talk to. Yeah. Really um,
1: cool you know I'll be honest with you I didn't recognize her when I saw her I didn't know who she was and a person in my entourage that I brought with me that day said that's Tanya Tucker Uh, so I felt horrible and she went on to win a Grammy award this year which was you know, she's incredible. done some
0: great work. She's—I think she experiments with different um, colors of hair too, which is kind of cool. I think last time it yeah. was pink or something. And she has her own tequila brand too, which I talked to her about her tequila brand. And uh, yeah, she's she's having a lot of fun. So it's good to see her. So many great folks though. You know, the boys to men guys come every year. Uh, yeah, Mike Mills of REM. I always love seeing him. Steve I did. I talked to him. Arrow. Yeah. 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 Really uh, like cool people.
1: Uh, one of my favorites, and probably one of the funnier interviews, was uh, I, I think it's Brian Richardson and Howie. I may have his first name wrong, but uh, uh, you know uh, the, the the taller guy with the dark hair. He's from Kentucky. We uh, from the Backstreet Boys. We uh, talked. With oh them right, for right. Some of the Backstreet Boys. Game. Yeah, yeah. S- several. We talked to them. Right, Kevin Richardson, that's his name, not Brian. Kevin. Yes. Uh, and and Kevin was hilarious. He's actually uh, has some ties to Bowling Green, where I'm doing radio at right now, and uh, that that was really really a treat to talk to him. And then uh, Joey Fatone was always amazing. I've met him a couple of other times over the years, but uh, he, he's I think he's a, a big staple there at the Derby every year. Who who did you talk yeah. to that was really your highlight?
0: I'm <clears> trying <throat> to remember. It's uh, it feels like it feels like a long time ago. Even though yeah. It was, and I see it in previous in previous derbies, uh, you know, some of our favorites have been. Uh, we talked to Boy George one year. That was really cool. Oh wow! Uh, Boy, Boy the, George hosted a the crying a game. derby. <laughs> yeah, he Boy George hosted a uh, a really great uh, derby party that he DJed. Another year, we talked to. Dennis Rodman, he DJ'd a really cool party. Some, you know, some really great characters. I always like seeing Stephen Amell. I've had some some whiskey with him, and and the, you know, at some of these after parties, and um, I, I always enjoy seeing um, uh, the backs. Well, well, I like seeing the Backstreet Boys, Boys to Men. I usually bring from some people that I know that really love bourbon, like Stephen Amell. And um, boys to Men, I bring them a little bottle of bourbon on the red carpet, so I like to pass off a little bit of bourbon to them because I know they really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you
1: got like a basement full of bourbon, too. You need to get rid of some of that stuff.
0: I do. <laughs> well, I, I have some minis. I have some minis that are kind of fun to pass to them, and hopefully they uh, they like that. You know, a little sharing a little bit of Kentucky hospitality. But so many great guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to think. There, there's been so many uh, fun people. Over the years, um, some members of the Jackson 5 even came one year. Oh, wow. That's Um, incredible. Wow. So that was nice, too. Uh, This has just been, you know, Monty Durham of uh, Say Yes to the Dress was also a really great um, conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember talking to him. Yeah. 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 Really great guy. You know, you just see how down to earth uh, a lot of these folks are, and I'm sure they'll be, uh, you know, making room in their schedule. Of course, one of the... One of the big ones that kept on coming back year after year, almost every year, was Guy Fieri. He was always great Yeah, uh, on an interview. I was hoping to
1: see year. him last year. I was a little disappointed that he wasn't going to be there, because I know you've talked with me about that yeah. on several occasions, seeing him there. I think and, it's kind
0: of every other year he's been. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Flay had a horse in the race one year. We had to talk with him. He had, well, That was actually Oaks. He had a horse in the race. And, yeah. Um, which didn't win the Oaks, but ended up going on to win – I can't remember right now, but it won a a pretty big race uh, about a year afterwards. He did really well.
1: Wow. Tom Fisher from uh, bourbonblog.com. He's not just a blogger. Uh, Tom does bourbon tastings. Uh, He hosts events. Uh, He's very active on social media. Uh, so let's show you some love right now. Now, now after you sh- you tell us what you do, where you're at, the when, where, why, and how, I have an idea to pitch to you, okay? so right. okay. So, so be ready, okay? But uh, tell us sure. more about Tom Fisher and bourbonblog.com.
0: Well, I started this, Rick, about 15 years ago or so, back when YouTube and blogging were fairly new. I had been doing a documentary on bourbon, And from that documentary on bourbon, there really hadn't been any documentaries for about 15 years before that, I launched bourbonblog.com, and those were the early days of the rise of bourbon, the rise of craft distilling. We've been chronicling it on bourbonblog.com for many years now, through videos, through podcasts. Uh, We have... uh, well over a million something views on youtube.com forward slash bourbon blog so you can see a lot of the great distillers we talk with but i also do whiskey education and how I host tastings for festivals companies events uh bars consumers and um you know people can go on to bourbon blog if they're interested once this whole thing is over uh they can reach out to me uh tom at bourbonblog.com but we, you know, we've also experimented a little bit with uh the virtual tastings as well uh guiding people through tastings at home to help them really enjoy some of these cocktails and spirits that they're enjoying at home, as well as as I was mentioning earlier, the nightly show and uh, we've actually made it really easy for people to find our nightly show, even though it's on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at once <laughs> uh, we we put a link up that's uh, just com forward slash live we'll either show you the last live video we did or the one that's coming up And that's making it easy for us to um, have that live link that takes them into the live video every day.
1: And and so so it's been fun. Before I make this pitch to you, uh, you know, your mom is from Kentucky, so you know it isn't just about bourbon. You you have a rich history in your family of of the Kentucky lifestyle.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I tell people I'm, uh, and I appreciate that I'm part Kentuckian you know, uh, by blood, and I still have a lot of family there, and uh, you know, we basically are on. Uh, where I am, I'm really like, just, I could basically just see almost the border of Kentucky where I am uh, in Southern Indiana, but I do spend a lot of time in Louisville and I do get to Bowling Green some. Uh, I have family there and uh, I love that, that area. And uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a great area.
1: Yeah. All right. So here's my pitch, you know, yes. uh, cause I, you mentioned you started bourbon blog 15 years ago. I remember you and I discussing As you were creating it. And uh, you've leaned on me for advice. I've leaned on you for advice over the years. We both have kind of built our own uh, separate brands, but we've always worked together on things. so i noticed that on bourbon blog it seems like every year as you continue to do this it seems like you're introducing or reviewing at least five to ten bourbons a year okay so here's my pitch you know because you've got so much clout in the bourbon industry now you should have the bourbon blog awards
0: what what do you think about that i i would be open to that i uh yeah, let's do, I would definitely take a look at that. I've uh, been I have been lucky enough to be a, a judge on uh, quite a few uh, yeah. competitions. Uh, to judge spirits and cocktails as well, uh, some of them international competitions. But yeah, certainly. I mean, I'd certainly be open. to
1: them. I mean, I'm just thinking about it like this: like you know, you have the 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 JD Power awards for consumers, right. you know, consumer awards. Well, I feel like you're kind of like the JD Power awards or the JD Power of the bourbon industry. If you if they got your seal of approval. On some of these newer bourbons or new products uh, from you know existing distillers, like uh, maybe the, even like a bourbon of the year or something like that. I mean, I, I think that would carry some weight,
0: right? <laughs> I th- I think so. We've, we've we've thought about you know how, what would be a good way to do it, and I think that there's a chance that we would do that in the future, and I, I'd like that. I'm glad that uh, okay, you Rick, would, you would. I'm glad you would take a look at uh, at, at what we. Um, what we would award you know I mean we yeah. we like to review whiskey I will be Why happy I,
1: I will be happy to happy be a to judge help. and <laughs> no, review right. these bourbons yeah. for you okay
0: <laughs> no I, w- I would love to have you I'm sure I'm sure it would be fun sitting yeah. down with those blind those blind tastings you know that's the way to do it I like to do the blind tastings yeah. is have someone pour for me a variety of whiskeys and then just point to the one I like the best because that's a really a fun thing to do people can do that at home they can they can pour whiskeys into three different glasses and have their spouse or their friend pour them out Different glasses, not know what they are. You know, double blind. I don't know what they are, but I know they're whiskeys, and I don't know which is which. And I'm um, going to tell you which I like best. It's a good way to discover what you like. Yeah, is to go blindly. So,
1: so you're kind of an expert on the you know sp- spirits, bourbon, and whiskey industry. Um, do, do you think the tough times that we're going through the last month or two, and, and could be longer? Uh, I mean, they're predicting a recession and, and some other things that might be happening over the next couple of years. Uh, in times like these, does this hurt or help th- that industry?
0: Well, it's tough to say. I mean, I hope that all industries will 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 do well. I think that, uh, you know, from what I've been told by, you know, older older people that have been in the business for, you know, 50 years, you know, plus that I've talked to have said, hey, you know, People will enjoy whiskey responsibly in in both – at different economic times, right, both good and bad, they they will enjoy whiskey. And we all want to make sure that no matter what it's like, even as we're quarantined and and unsure of the future, that we are enjoying good whiskey, good food, uh, and most importantly, good company, because the good company helps elevate – Uh, Everything else—the whiskey, the food, the cocktails—and just the enjoyment of being together. I think where it may do the most damage, though, are smaller brands that um, you know that are just like smaller restaurants. It's smaller restaurants versus bigger restaurants, Mm -hmm. smaller craft distillers versus bigger bigger distillers. I do think there's a, a very strong support of craft distillers in our industry, and craft can mean anything from really small to even larger than it used to. But I think that's that's maybe the biggest challenge. And I would encourage everyone listening, you know, if you have a craft brand, a smaller brand of whiskey or whatever you drink, rum, vodka, gin, that you enjoy, make sure you're supporting them during this time because they need that. You know, the big brands, if you love the big brands, that's great too, but it's really important to support the craft distilleries, um, just like it's important to support the mom and pop restaurants bars when they get reopened uh, but i i do hope that it won't hurt anybody i mean i do hope that all these um, brands will sustain and i hope that we can always enjoy yeah. fine spirits
1: I think best yeah. case scenario, things are going to get somewhat back to normal. Hopefully by midsummer, if not sooner, uh, and hopefully we'll bounce back from this quicker than what people think. But uh, you just never know. Let me ask you this: as you're you're doing your nightly show, and you've got mm-hmm. folks from different distilleries or or, or different uh, uh, you know creators of drinks, is there an official or unofficial coronavirus bourbon cocktail? I mean, is there anything out there that you could recommend to people to go check out? On on your videos,
0: I would just recommend take a look at. Uh, well, first of all, I I've seen so much it, it just in our house. We've seen we've done done a lot of experimentation. We've done a lot of experimenting with uh, whiskeys and. New drinks, new, new new you know, new bitters, new uh, liqueurs. It's it's important, I think, to experiment and to see what you like. But you know, nothing can beat just just pouring a, a glass of whiskey meat and then adding something to it and then finding your own experiment. I've heard this term cor uh, quarant- right. I think it's kind of kind of clever. that's perfect. A, that's <laughs> a million quarantini- dollar idea right there. <laughs> the the the, the uh, yeah. cocktail c- could differ uh, for many people, but. Uh, you know, always, you know, imbibe responsibly and, 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 uh, we, we encourage that as well. But maybe, maybe there is one that would completely, um, completely be a, a whiskey that would stand up to, um, to, you know, to anything that would come against it. I'll tell you this, I interviewed, um, last night, uh, former heavyweight champion Josh Barnett, who has, oh. uh, released a bourbon with a distillery in California called Suspey Creek Distillery and his whole goal with this brand when he released it with them was something that was powerful you know that literally packed a punch so we had a great conversation with him. It's a mesquite smoked bourbon that actually uh, is it barrel proof so it comes right out of the barrel at I think at least 110 proof. They do different versions of it mm-hmm. so we did talk about that being a pretty powerful uh, smoky bourbon um, but you know, uh, I think a lot of people like those um, barrel proof bourbons, and then some people like them, but a little lower proof. Sometimes proof, uh, you know, or percentage of alcohol can be a little bit misleading because, as you on your taste buds, because it may taste, um, you know, really light and, and friendly, but it may be a lot higher proof than yeah. you realize.
1: So, Yeah, I found that out myself it- at concerts. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> the hard way. Hey, you know, I, I, I want to present a challenge to you. Maybe you can take this on your show with, with the right guest, but, you know, maybe there's some way to infuse corona beer with bourbon, and that could be the official coronavirus bourbon cocktail. What, what do you think?
0: there could be I think that it's there probably an a, incredibly uh,
1: stupid idea but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that you know and unfortunately unfortunately for Corona I fear I've heard that uh, you know they've had declining sales just because of the name um, connotation but I know there's something called a boilermaker where you basically drop a shot of bourbon or, or a whiskey in a um, in a pint of beer so Ooh. there could be something like that and I've had uh, a while back, I have had margaritas that have had a little, one of those little mini Coronas, cor- Coronitas, I think they're called, mm-hmm. um, inside of a margarita that progressively, as it's upside down, the Corona beer gets uh, <laughs> on. I don't do those very often, but I've had a couple at Mexican restaurants. I really like the traditional margaritas, but um Yeah. I'm sure there's
1: something to them. (laughs) Well, as you know, Tom and I have been friends for over 15 years. Uh, You you know, I spent a little time out in Boise, Idaho, doing radio, about just short of three years. And one of the drinks that I discovered out there, and I had never heard of until I moved to Idaho, was the Moscow Mule, which... which was, uh, I may not know the correct story, but what I heard was there's a town in Moscow, Idaho, where the University of Idaho is, and that's where the Moscow Mule was kind of created. But I think mules have been around for a long time. Is there a bourbon mule that you know of?
0: Yes, people have uh, made those uh, bourbon mules. Um, or I think some places they call them Kentucky mules. Of course, you could use a bourbon from... You know, there's bourbons made in almost basically every state in the country. But as we think about Kentucky bourbon, um, I think that, that that would be just fine. I think I've had them before. They've uh, they put those on menus and restaurants. They call them Kentucky oh. mules. Basically, you're making a Moscow mule with uh, with bourbon. And I think that it, it gives, um, you know, a little bit more. Um, and it's ginger beer. A little more smoke to that background. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ginger beer. Is it vodka? Or... Uh,
0: usually it would be vodka, and you can use uh, other spirits. Uh, sometimes um, I believe a little bit of uh, lime. Yeah, yeah, D- definitely because has you're almost it. yeah yeah you're almost getting to this uh, thing where it can become like a mojito sort of if you use rum, the lime, the mint. Uh, so it's this really fresh lime and mint element with uh, vodka usually, but bourbon. Yeah, it's definitely replaceable. Also, bloody uh, bloody Marys, uh, though they're, they're they're great with um, they're great with vodka. They can they can be great with bourbon too. I've had some bloody Marys with bourbon huh. as the base. Um, bloody bourbon. I mean, they call them different things, places, but you can you can certainly do that. Those flavors are complementary with the spice, yeah, uh, the spices and and uh, all those elements against the bourbon. Now, bourbon's a very friendly uh, spirit to depending on which bourbon it is to um, to so many cocktails. I mean, it has the sugar notes, it has the, um, the earth the spice, you know, a good, well-balanced bourbon should bring you the barrel, the sugars, the caramel, all those things. But there are bourbons that bring a variety of flavors depending on if they've been um, finished and uh, used, you know, like port wine barrels, like the Angel's Envy, we've talked about that one, or other unique spins. And then rye whiskey as well, very versatile um, mm. in cocktails.
1: Um so when I was at the Derby last year, you know, you've covered several, that was my first Kentucky Derby I've ever covered. Nice. And, yeah. uh, I had never had a mint julep before. So I had one of those, I'm going to be honest with you. Didn't really like it too much, but there was these <laughs> drinks that were like kind of pink. Uh, and, and I know they yeah. had it on the, on the day of the Oaks, but then they also had it on
0: Derby day too. What was that drink? I think, um, so I know there's one of them is, um, the Spire cocktail yes and that's like cranberry juice lemonade uh, bourbon some of the Woodford Reserve and I think that there's a a, a vodka one there too that's also a um, a derby drink um, vodka derby drink too that's okay that's for I just I just looked it up because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it (laughs) that's called the Oaks the Oaks Lily yes the uh, Oaks Lily yes yes vodka simple syrup so You know, these have all been, some of these have been created to, um, the spire and the lily have obviously been created to celebrate uh, horse racing and and those events. The mint julep has, you know, been around for hundreds of years. In fact, there is some belief that uh, juleps, you know, go back, you know, I don't even know how many years, many, many years. It's only like 500, 600 years plus. Yeah. Back to France, back to maybe even, um, Egypt. I mean, you know, these these were not just like, hey, this, let's have a drink to um, celebrate. These were actually like healing elixirs, the original juleps, they believe were. Hmm. Um, of course, in France, they were made with, with brandy. Um, and then in America, we started making them with whiskeys and bourbon. So some of these, some some uh, cocktails do have lineage that goes so far back, you don't even know when did people first start doing mint with some sort of alcohol. You know, yeah. probably was for... Uh, some sort of healing purpose. So what's uh still can be, right? <laughs> yeah, it still
1: can be. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tom Fisher from bourbonblog.com. Go check out his stuff. Really good material. Hey, one last question before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you've reviewed a lot of bourbons, a lot of spirits over the years uh, in the year of, uh, of 2019, heading into 2020. What is that dark horse one that nobody really knows about yet, but is just awesome and you have to try it if you hear about it
0: you know that's that's a tough question i i have had so many that um usually i'm i've always tended to just say it's one of the last things i had that was new because that's probably what's on my mind right now i'm trying a um a bourbon from indiana from uh, a place called in nashville indiana called hard truth that was finished in hard truth rum barrels. Um, so it's a rum finished uh. bourbon that I'm really enjoying. I just actually, uh, got this to review today. And then, uh, last night it was, um, it was the Warbringer, the mesquite smoked, um, bourbon from California. But I'll tell you this, I'm I'm also, um, you know, for the Kentucky bourbons, I really do like, and it's um, gotten a lot of great, great uh, coverage. Um, we were one of the first to try it. I really love the Kentucky Peerless Bourbon. I'm a huge fan of the Peerless Bourbon and the Peerless Rhyme So it's not really exactly a dark horse. It's just one that I happen to love. Um, I love what Jeffersons does. A lot of their products um, and their Ocean, especially. Uh, there's just there's just so many, and we try our best to continue to let you know about new ones on bourbon blog and especially on this late nightly bourbon blog live series. We do, we, uh, during the quarantine, we're having a lot of fun, just trying these things every day. So my guess is probably by next week I'll have something, something else yeah. <laughs> that I'm trying that I'm liking.
1: <laughs> He's always sipping on something strong. Tom Fisher, bourbonblog.com. Hey, tell them one more time where they can find your nightly live videos, all your social sure. channels, the website, everything we need to know about you.
0: Yeah, uh, just mainly bourbonblog.com is the main stop, and then, uh, bourbonblog on most every single social media channel. Follow us there Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, and then definitely tune in. Usually going to be 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, every night, 8 Eastern, every night on uh, bourbonblog.com forward slash live. Okay.
1: Man, it's a pleasure talking to you again. This is you your... You too, Rick.
0: So good to hear from you. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, this is your uh, second appearance on the podcast, I think. I think we did something that's, a couple of years ago, so... That's
0: right. Yeah, it's yeah. been a little while, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's been a little while, but good to have you back on. I'm glad that uh, you're doing these live videos to help people pass the time at home. Maybe you're preventing some divorces, too. You never know. I hope so. All right. Tom Fisher, thanks for being on, bud. Thank you,
0: buddy. You know, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Big Rick Podcast. Remember to subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts
1: are heard. See exclusive video interviews and content now with the
0: Big Rick in the Morning YouTube channel. Subscribe now at onairwithrick.com.